Welcome to the Future of Consumer and Retail podcast by SAP. In this episode, we're offering event highlights from Grocery Shop 2021, on-site at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. Our goal is to bring you a concise summary so you can keep a pulse on the leading retail trends. I'm Matt Gardner, here with my colleagues Randy Evans and Profil Karanth, all of us part of SAP's retail advisory practice, here to share themes from the event. Stay tuned for highlights from interviews with leading executives from Kroger, Albertsons, 7-Eleven, Amazon, Colgate, Target, and more. So Randy, Proffel, what did it feel like to be back at a conference? From my perspective, it's been a year and three quarters since the pandemic has caused us all to be sitting at home looking at our monitors. So just the fact that we got to be able to walk into a room with customers and other suppliers, it was awesome. It was almost emotional, and you could tell everybody else felt the same way. The the rooms were excited. We were visiting with customers. We were listening to content. So it was an exceptional experience and very reminiscent. Profil, I don't know if you felt the same way, but if you could give us your thoughts. Yeah, the level of engagement told me that this can be done. This is actually my second conference in three weeks. And the same thing with the other ones is people are coming back. People want to see one another. Customers want to engage with vendors, want to engage with customers. So I feel very positive about that. Excited that there's these possibilities. And what really stood out to you as themes from this year's Grocery Talk? Were there any specific strategies or tactics mentioned by top execs that you found meaningful? First, there was a lot of conversations in the sessions, in the meetings that we had about getting to the customer. It's just got a different tone to it. Just the ability to see the customer, to put the customer at the center of the universe, to talk about that personalization, that relationship, that was an overarching theme. And then as you got into each of the sessions, there was multiple places where that concept drove the way that the conversations went. The other thing that I saw lots of is an acknowledgement that digital is here. It's not going back to what it was pre-COVID. There were probably four or five different booths where there were supply chain components that were focused on robotics and automation. Tons of places where you could see how digitizing the data and then turning that into an automated business process. Those are all parts of what is going on today because as you think about this digital world, you've got to figure out how you turn that data and that access to that data into efficiencies that allow you to take expenses out of your business process. So you could feel there was that underlying tone. Profo, how about you? Yeah, it was very encouraging to hear retailers like Target highlight the fact they're hyper-focused on guests. How do you uniquely differentiate yourself is how do you really get to know your consumer, your customer and your customer's kids and family and likes and dislikes, and then serving them on their terms, when, where, and how they want their products. What was also interesting to me at Grocery Shop, there was a lot of software providers that provided niche solutions around things like micro-fulfillment, things around using AI to scan your stores to get almost real-time planogram compliance and, and the ability to create a network all in the name of getting your supply chain closer and closer and almost 
being neighbors to where your consumers lie. So it was great to see that in action. And as Randy said, this just has accelerated the desire and the investment from companies, big and small. So that was really heartening to see, not necessarily the, the big solutions, but focus on certain areas of serving that consumer. And I'd also like to add, Profil and I and several other of our colleagues have been working diligently on helping to craft a message about putting the customer at the center of the universe. We call it the customer channel. In fact, we just launched it a couple of days ago. We heard multiple presentations that were very near mirroring our messaging about putting the customer as the channel instead of that focused on omni-channel or multi-channel experience. And the customer becomes the channel. It's what you should be focused on. So it was good to hear that resonating throughout most of the presentations. Randy, one of the stats that I heard that really resonates with this is there was a study done by Accenture. A very high percentage said that if retailers didn't change to offer me a faster, convenient focus on me, they would switch brands if you don't meet some of these tenets of retailing, which in our world, we call them customer adaptive. You don't get to know me, I'm going to move on. Yeah, those are a lot of great insights. I really love that idea of micro-fulfillment centers. I remember as the pandemic was starting, how Amazon was actually paying leases in malls to use the empty mall space to host dark stores, essentially, that was closer to the end user so that everyone can have that online shopping experience and short next day or same day shipping. So it's exciting to see that trend is really starting to reach across to other retailers. Were there any sessions that were worthy of sharing more details around? Would love to hear it. There's two that I really walked away with some insights. The first one was the head of supply chain at Rite Aid did an overview. He talked a little bit about their supply chain strategies, but it was more about What's Rite Aid's strategy for their customers? I don't know if you've had a chance to be in a Rite Aid lately. I've been in a couple here in Southern California. It's not the Rite Aid that you're used to. It's a really unique concept, and it looks completely different than your classic drugstore. And it really was cool to hear him articulate the passion that Rite Aid has for its, and I'm not going to call them shoppers because Rite Aid is trying to think about them as patients. So as they transform their view of their shoppers into patients, that's again, that gets back to this, the customer channel conversation, because if you think about your shopper as a patient, what are you doing differently in supply chain, in merchandising, in marketing? Because it's a different conversation. It's a health conversation, not just, hey, would you like to buy some more Tylenol? So it was really endearing. The other one was on the last day, there was a conversation between the folks at We, which is a new Asian e-commerce focused grocer, and InBev or Anheuser-Busch, really, and Campbell's. So that was really cool to see the three of them on stage articulating their strategies. There's some big differences between what We thinks about and what those other two manufacturers think about. Both of the CP companies had digital strategies. And where I you know, was thinking it would be into this direct-to-consumer, it wasn't at all. It was about how do we incorporate customer insights into our product development strategies 
so that when we bring new products to market, we're not just making it work for us, we're helping our retailers as well as targeting the customers. And the other thing that was really a theme throughout almost everything was the need for more collaborative business processes. The digitization of the shopper, putting the customer channel out there, becoming customer adaptive means that there can be no breaks in the supply chain. There can be no misses from a marketing perspective. You could go through every business process and identify the places where there has to be solid data-driven synchronization. And they talked about it and was also talked about in other sessions. Prof, what do you think? Yeah, Randy, a couple of sessions come to mind. There was one from Edelman, which is a PR company. And they talked about shopper marketing. And the approach that they recommend is really get at the consumer's heart. Get to what they like, what they treasure, whether it's sustainability or it's diversity inclusion. Get to what matters to them and build that trust. Trust is the new brand identity. It's everything that we've always said about consumer intimacy and why customer identity management, that ability to build that trust between you as a retailer and the shopper is very critical. The other one I found was called the regenerative supply chain. And there was really five themes that I took away from there. Some apply to grocers specifically, some apply to retail in general. For example, the whole focus around the collection of plastic bags and even providing consumer incentives to reduce waste and so you are doing good for the planet. The second one was we need to localize the supply chain. One of the customers uses what they call cafes. And those cafes are really, think of an Amazon locker. Consumers that are focused on sustainability understand and, and willing to pay for if it needed to have these drop-off points so that the retailer can bring larger, bulkier shipments into those cafes to reduce the carbon footprint. And then the consumers picking it up from these cafes allows you to coexist with sustainability. And from a profit perspective, it's profitable to do it at a drop-off rather than go into everybody's home as an option. It's not that's the only thing they would do, but that is a sustainable option. The other interesting thing that I heard, reusable package containers, putting in smart cubes for fresh items. Yes, it's a little bit more expensive because they have to set up these centers closer in urban areas, but the shelf life increases because it's coming faster. And then your carbon footprint to make these deliveries between the grower to the shelf is much faster. And finally, we've always talked about real-time inventory visibility. If I can offer my consumer the shelf life in real-time visibility, how much better would that be, not just for the consumer to understand what products to look for, but for the store operations to then reposition some of these items so we can drive promotions on products in the same shelf but have a different shelf life. You're protecting margins on one side and you're potentially putting items on sale before they really pass the shelf life. Yeah, thank you, Profo and Randy, for highlighting some insights from the sessions. It sounds like there was a lot moving the ball forward in general. Any generalized insights from one-on-one conversations that you were able to have with retailers on the floor? We had the opportunity for sessions with multiple companies. Some of them were retailers, some of them were non-retail, but I would say 
the theme, first of all, back to the customer channel conversation, lots of desire to personalize the relationship with their shoppers. And the other thing was grocery retailers have never been at the forefront of investing in technology. And they've always been holding back. Let's not do it if we don't have to. I think that's gone. I would say 100% of the food retailers that I talk to, it's we're moving forward. We've got lots of work to do. We've got lots of opportunities and we're interested in how SAP can help in our evaluation. And as we look to the future, we realize that we can't do this without providing a technology foundation that will facilitate the need to personalize their relationships with their customers. Yeah, so I think, Matt, I think from some of the insights is uh, what I found from these one-on-ones is because I spoke to some retailers that were $10 million and then spoke to some that were 15, 20 billion. Folks from different parts of the organization, from product strategy and design all the way to fulfillment to owners that looked at overall, how do I run my business? Another theme that came across along with fast, convenient, sustainable is we're living in a networked economy. We're, we're depending on collaboration from our suppliers, whether it's vendors of products or it could be a, a third-party logistics provider that's managing a warehouse or helping us with our final mile delivery. We have to be connected with them. And what I found interesting was there was definitely an appetite from these retailers to really invest in the technology from the ground up. Whatever we can get to that I can minimize my risk and maximize my profitability or margin on especially a new product where I get a small window to do that. And to do all this, yes, the thinking, the big audacious ERP and and massive transformation, but could also come from some of these niche solutions, whether it's micro-fulfillment or final mile delivery or the amount of investment innovation that's happening in store operations that's allowing a store to become a fulfillment center, experience center. That appetite was certainly something encouraging. And I'm sure the last 18 months had something to do with it, but it's keeping up and trying to take advantage of what you have to get to know the consumer better. It's so inspiring, honestly, to hear the possibility of having these in-person conversations again and really being in support of the visions and the critical imperatives of retailers facing the new wave of what's coming now in today's marketplace. As we're getting to the end of the podcast here, any final thoughts about Grocery Shop 2021? First of all, it was a great conference. I've been before uh, a couple of years back, and it has this kind of intimacy and just phenomenal content. It was definitely worth the effort to go. And I'll also say I walked away with a real positive attitude. We've all been through a whole lot in the last year and a half. And it was good to see not just we've survived it, but there's companies out there that are not just sitting back and saying, oh, this really wasn't fun. They're saying, what do we got to do now? The world has changed. The consumers changed. And back to that theme of the customer channel, they're all focused on how do we move that customer to the center of everything that we do and drive our business from that perspective. So again, a great conference, very fortunate to be able to attend. Yeah, I think the opportunity network, if I could read the faces of a lot of the attendees, it was forthcoming. It was something that they were excited about. A lot of those conversations that you typically wouldn't have on a Zoom or a Teams call, 
sharing ideas or expressing beliefs or surprise or, or shock that they hadn't heard of that. It was a great conference from that perspective. And when I hear companies like Target and Rite Aid that are focused on changing the experience center and a store to make it sustainable, fast, and convenient, I think that was a theme that I took away and encouraged by the number of retailers that at least are thinking about it. I think consumers are dictating that change and, and it will happen. These were great insights, and thank you both for sharing what you experienced there and what you're seeing so our listeners can hopefully utilize some of these insights for their strategies and their business. Thanks, Matt. Hopefully we can do this in person, too. Thanks, Matt. It's good to talk with you. Thank you both so much for being on the podcast. In this episode, we've unpacked insights from the Grocery Shop Conference on-site in Las Vegas. Though the event is over, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform to continue getting the latest retail insights and connect with us on LinkedIn as we're here to support with the latest retail challenges. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to sharing again with you in the future.